This message was presented at the DYC 2013 conference, Before Man and Angels, in Orlando, Florida. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.dycweb.org. Good morning. Are you excited to be at GYC? Are you really? Why do you sound tired already? Why do you already sound tired? Uh, If you are looking for the composite Christian character development out of the books of Daniel and Revelation, you are in the right place. If you're not and you need to be somewhere else, you will want to run there because that seminar is starting about right now as well. We're, We're certainly glad you are here. I am Scott Moore. I pastor two churches here in Florida Conference. Um, The lady that I get to co-present with is Tondo Malambo, and she is right here, and she'll tell you all about herself, I'm sure, in the next session. What we are going to do in this session is we are simply going to talk about salvation being something understood by the children of Israel as have already happened. That's what we are going to talk about. The great theme of this presentation is the fact that because God saved the children of Israel from the dragon Egypt, this is why you see in the Old Testament book of Revelation, God's people are again saved from the dragon, which is who in the book of Revelation? Satan. That's absolutely right. Now, in this room, you can talk to me. If you have a question on what I'm presenting, I would encourage you to raise your hand. I will do my best to acknowledge you when I come to a stopping point, and you can ask the question. If I don't know the answer to your question, I'll simply say I don't know and move on. Please don't get offended if that's the case, because I do not have a monopoly on the truth nor Scripture. So, praise the Lord that we can all study and um, find ourselves approved by God. Let's pray, shall we? Let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, we are in this room, we are here at GYC because, Lord, you have called us to be here. And we ask that you will speak to us as individuals. Please touch our hearts. And Father, we pray that we will leave this place much closer to Jesus. And we ask this in Jesus' name, knowing that it is according to His will. Amen. So the title of today's message is God versus Satan. You decide the winner, and I've subtitled it Saved from the Dragon. The dragon has lots of connotations when it comes to the book of Daniel, books of Daniel and the books, book of Revelation. I want you to open with me to Isaiah, the 43rd chapter. If you want these notes, I'm happy to give you these notes. You just have to come in and type your own email address down so that when I copy and paste it, if you don't get it, it's your fault, not mine. All right? So some people email, email me and say, why in the world didn't you send me that information? And I'll say, because you typed it in wrong. Uh, Isaiah 43, verse 11. So how many of you need a Bible? Does anybody need a Bible? We don't have any. Um, but if you need a Bible, my... My encouragement to you is get one at lunchtime, okay? Forget lunch, fast today, and go buy a Bible. So here we are, Isaiah 43 and verse 11. Isaiah 43, verse 11, very short verse. It says, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no what? There is no Savior. Look down at verse 11. 16. 
Isaiah 43, verse 16 says, let's start in 15. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, verse 16, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters. When did the Lord make a way in the sea and a path in the waters? When he led the children of Israel out of Egypt and through the Red Sea, look at what it says in verse 17, which bringeth forth the chariot and the horse and the army and power, they shall lie down together, verse 17, they shall not rise, they are extinct, they are quenched as tow or tau, and that's just like flax, it's like pinching out a match. God says that I am the Lord, and there is no other Savior except me. When you read further down, as we just did, you see that that Savior God, that one Lord, is tied to the Exodus. Now go with me to Hosea, the 13th chapter. So where's Hosea? You're in Isaiah. You have Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, and then you have the book of Hosea. So you're turning to the right from where you were. Right past Daniel, you have the book of Hosea. And we are in the 13th chapter, Hosea chapter 13 and verse 4. This idea again of God being the only Savior, it says here in Hosea the 13th chapter and the 4th verse. Yet I am the Lord thy God from the what? Okay, how many of you have Bibles? How many of you have Okay, so, so when I pause and ask for a question, you can feel free to answer. Uh, I like interaction. It says here, yet, Hosea 13.4. Hosea 13.4, after the book of Daniel, you have Hosea. Yet I am the Lord thy God from the what? Again, here God is identifying himself as the Savior that saved his people from where? From Egypt. This becomes very important. You hang on, put your seatbelt on. It says here, and thou shalt know no God but me. How many gods should we know? Only one, and that's which God? Okay, the only one God, the true God, the one that saved the children of Israel from what? From Egypt, continuing on. For there is no Savior beside me. For the children of Israel, when God brought them out of the land of Egypt, they were saved. Get this concept. God says, I'm your God because I'm the Savior that took you out of Egypt. You are saved. This was the concept in the mind of the children of Israel. We were filming something for a school that I was working with not too long ago. And there was a gentleman that was Jewish. And he was a Hispanic Jew. By lineage, he said he was a Jew, which I thought was very cool and very interesting. They're just, they have spread everywhere. And so we were talking about health and, and living healthfully. And he said to me, he's, as he was smoking his cigarette, he said, I don't have to worry about that. I said, why? He said, because I am a Jew. I said, so what does this mean? He says, it means that no matter what I do, I am already, and what do you think he said? I am already saved. For the mind of the Jewish individual that, was, that came out of Egypt, they were saved from Egypt. Now you and I are going to discover that the Bible calls Egypt a dragon or Leviathan or Rahab, which is another name for this dragon. So we are going to see that 
The one true God and his deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt is tied, or the one true God is tied to the deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt. Look at this. In the, the saving history, this saving history of God being the one true God, deliverance from, of Israel from Egypt, this saving history was recited in confessional statements. This is not the meat of our study, so we are going to skim through this. We're only going to look at one of these verses. Please go with me to Deuteronomy, the 26th chapter. So you in the book of Hosea, so you're going to go to your left, and you're going to go to the book of Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, right before Joshua, the 26th chapter. Deuteronomy 26 beginning in verse 5. You know, I had opportunity to sit down with my conference president recently, and he was asking, what would you do in order to energize a church? And I shared with him, I said, you know, Elder, I haven't been to the schools of higher education. Ever since I was converted, all I've studied is this book. And this book has the power to change people's lives. So you may be sitting in this class right now, and you may, you may be thinking, this guy is talking way above my head. I hope that's not the case. If it is, say, hey, bring it down a level, and I'll do my best, right? When you expose yourself to the Word of God, God's Word will change you. One way or the other. When, when Pharaoh was exposed to the Word of God as delivered to him through Moses, what happened to Pharaoh's heart? It hardened. What happened to some of the Egyptians who suffered in those plagues? What happened to their heart? It would be the opposite of Pharaoh. It softened. You get to decide the winner in this battle. The same sun that hardens clay melts wax. It's the same sun. It's the material that the sun hits that makes the difference. You get to decide whether you will allow God to save you. Does this make sense? So no matter what seminar you go to, dear heart, take your Bible with you and open the Bible and just listen to what they have to say, even if you don't understand it, right? Because it will change your life. So here we are in Deuteronomy 26, and we're tying Israel's deliverance from Egypt to God being their Savior. We're in Deuteronomy 26, beginning in verse 5. And thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, a Syrian ready to perish was my father. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a few and became there a nation great, mighty, and perilous. What nation did they become? They became the children of Israel. This Syrian goes down into Egypt, and he's what, 70, I forget the exact number, there's 70 some odd people in the nation of Israel at that point, and then they multiply to the extent that they are 650 plus thousand men, excluding women and children, leave Egypt. And God saved them from Egypt. Continuing on here, it says, verse 6, And the Egyptians evil entreated us. So what's the, what's the context here? Where are the children of Israel in the context of what we are reading? That's right. We know that this is after they've come out of Egypt, but Moses is here reiterating to them their deliverance from where? Their deliverance from Egypt. It says, And afflicted us, verse 6, and laid upon us hard bondage. And when we cried unto the Lord God of our fathers, the Lord heard our what? 
Dear heart, understand this and understand it well. All it takes for you to meet the Savior is to cry out unto the Savior. Just cry out to Him. If you don't know Him, say, I don't know you, but I think I should know you. If you don't have a relationship with Him, cry out to Him and say, I need a relationship with you, even if you don't think you need it, because from where I'm standing, we all need it. Yes? Continuing on here. It says, verse 7, The Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. Verse 8, And the Lord brought us forth out of what? Out of Egypt with what kind of hand? With a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders, he hath brought us unto this place and hath given us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. Now, have you ever seen a land that flowed with milk and honey? Raise your hand if you're here. Have you ever seen a land that flowed with milk and honey? Do you know what that means? Because, you know, there's this, this thrust that we need to be vegan vegetarians, right? But don't forget that the children of Israel were taken to a land that flowed with what? Milk and honey. So what does this mean? What does it take to make milk? What does it take to make a cow produce milk? Grass. How much grass do you need to provide milk for 650 some odd thousand men plus women and children? You need a lot of grass. So God was taking them to a land that was very, very fertile. You want another while, sister. You can say that backwards and upside down. You're calling mom, right? This is cool. The land flowed with milk and with what? What do you need to make honey? What do bees need to make honey? Flowers. And flowers have to grow out of what? So God was taking them to a place that flowed with milk and honey, a place where every want and desire and need would be met. God delivered them out of bondage and takes them to a place of bliss as long as they were faithful. You decide the winner here. So that was just one. Again, God being the true God is tied to the deliverance of Israel from Egypt. This is recited in some confessional statements in the Old Testament. Look at the center column here. This was also recited at the giving of the law. Go with me. What's the most famous giving of the law? Where do we find that? Exodus 20. So let's go to Exodus. You're in Deuteronomy. You're going to your left. Go to your left in your Bibles, Genesis, Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, and beginning in verse 1, 2, and 3. Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. Again, tying God's deliverance, God being the Savior, to God delivering the children of Israel from Egypt. The Bible says here in Exodus 20, verse 1, And God spake all these words, saying, let's read this together, I am the Lord thy... Okay, let's all read this together. Uh, it, um, Exodus 20, verse 2. On the count of three. One, two, three. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of what? What is it that made him the Lord our God? He brought them out of the land of Egypt. And then it goes on to say here, Thou out of the house of what? God delivers them from bondage and He takes them to a place that flows with what? Milk. 
Milk and honey. You know, I have the privilege on Monday evenings to go to the Coleman Prison here near Ocala, Florida. It's in Coleman, Florida, but who knows where that is. It is the largest federal prison in the United States. There are 9,000 plus inmates at this facility. There's a low security, there's medium security, and then there are two penitentiaries. That's where people go to spend the rest of their life. And my friends, those people at this point are in bondage. Can you imagine what it would feel like if you had been in prison for five years for them to walk with you to the front door and to open the front door and say, you're free to go. Can you imagine what that would be like? I can't imagine it because I've never been in there except for to preach. I get to leave every Monday night when I go in. They tell me, don't wear, I don't wear this suit because it sort of matches what they wear. I wear bright colors so I can leave. Take yourself and put yourself in the position of the children of Israel. They leave Egypt free. And they got much more than just a bus ticket home. The Egyptians gave them almost everything they had left just so they would get out of their country because God had proved Himself stronger than all the gods of the Egyptians. You think you are having struggles in your life, dear heart? God is stronger than your struggle. You're having concerns. Maybe your parents aren't having a good relationship right now. God is larger and stronger than that battle that is going on in your home. I'm not here at GYC pretending that people came here with lots of, of uh, carefree lives. We are people that God has delivered through the power of Jesus. And we need to recognize that. Not to the point of abusing the grace of God, like my friend that I met when we were videoing, but to the point of allowing God to change us. Here we are in our third column. God, the one true God, is tied to the deliverance of Israel from Egypt, and it's celebrated in Psalms of praise. Let's go to Psalm 66, 1 through 7. Psalm 66, so you're turning to the right from the book of Exodus. You're going to the book of Psalms, and we are going to the 66th Psalm, Psalm 66, and we will begin reading in verse 1. Psalm 66, verse 1. Psalm 66, verse 1. Uh, read just the first verse with me. I love it. I love it when people read uh, together. Psalm 66, verse 1. What does it say? Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. How, when was the last time you as a Christian made a joyful noise? Okay, we're supposed to be excited about what Jesus has done for us, aren't we? Verse 2, I'll read now. It says, Sing forth the honor of His name. Make His praise glorious. Say unto God, How terrible, that means how awesome, are Thy works. Through the greatness of Thy power shall Thine enemies submit themselves unto Thee. Through the greatness of His power, our enemies will submit to God. Are you catching this? You and I will never be able to slay the dragon in our lives apart from the power of God. It won't happen. Continuing on, it says, verse 4, All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doings toward the children of men. And notice what it says in verse 6. It says, 
He turned the sea into what? When did this happen? When they left Egypt. This God being the Savior is for the children of Israel was something that had happened in the past. They were saved from the bondage of Egypt. And now what we are going to do is we are going to see how you and I are saved from the bondage of the dragon ourselves. Right here. You're going to go with me now, and we're going to read all these verses. So we've got a lot of stuff to do in a short period of time. The God being the one true God is tied to the deliverance of Israel from Egypt. In saving his people out of Egypt, God slew Leviathan, a symbol for anti-divine forces. So let's go to Psalm 74. You're in Psalm 66. You're turning to the right. Psalm 74, beginning in verse 12. Psalm 74 and verse 12. The Word of God reads in Psalm 74, 12. Now remember, we've been studying how God delivered the children of Israel from who? From Egypt. Notice what the Bible says here in verse 12, Psalm 74. For God is my King of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Thou didst divide the sea by thy strength. What did he divide by his strength? What is that a reference to? That's, the, that's a reference to the salvation from Egypt of the children of Israel. And then it goes on to say, Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the what? Where was the dragon when the dragon was slain? What does it say? In the midst of the what? If you've ever read the book of Revelation, this should be giving you a revelation at this point. Is this true? I see lots of light bulbs going on on your faces here. It says, Thou didst divide the sea by thy strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces. Whose, whose heads were it that were drowned or broken in the Red Sea? It was the Egyptians. It was the Egyptian soldiers. It was the Egyptian Pharaoh. It was their, their king slain in the water. Thou breakest, verse 14, thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. God's deliverance of the children of Israel is described by the psalmist as deliverance from a beast in the water. It is no wonder that the books of Daniel and the book of Revelation refer to this beast power that is in water. It's no wonder. Because for them, that was the evidence that God was going to deliver them as well. All they had to do was look to the past to see what God had already done to know that God would do that in their lives then. We're going to Psalm 89 now. Psalm 89. Turning to the right a little bit more. Psalm 89. Verse 8 through 10. Psalm 89, verse 8. Now, how many of you have a Bible that has like marginal readings? You've got little letters that takes you to the center column reference. Any of you have any of those Bibles in here? Okay, so I want you to look very carefully as we go through this, and I'm going to ask you to share with me what your marginal reading says. Here we are in Psalm 89, verse 8. It says, O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee? or to thy faithfulness round about thee? Verse 9, Thou rulest the raging of the sea. 
When the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them. Verse 10 of Psalm 89. Thou hast broken Rahab in pieces. Who was it that, that the psalmist says here was broken in pieces? How many of you have a marginal reading for Rahab? Anyone have a marginal reading for Rahab? And you're smiling, sister. Why are you smiling? Did you already look it up? What does it say? It says Egypt. Here you have again God the Savior being tied to God delivering the children of Israel from Egypt. And for the children of Israel in the time of Jesus, had they already been delivered from the Egyptians? That's an obvious yes. Only they didn't realize it. They didn't realize it. So salvation at that point for people that don't realize it is not very efficacious. Is that the right word? Effectual. It's there. But we don't have it. Because we haven't taken it. My Bible says that the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life. You are the one that decides who wins this battle. You are the one. God says that he chooses us out of the furnace of affliction. So your life is going to the bad place in a basket. I don't know what the slang is anymore, but that's what it was when I was, I was uh, GYC age, attendee age. Your life is in a spot that you don't think is, is very comfortable and you're asking God, why have you forsaken me? God says, I haven't forsaken you. Have you ever heard people say, it wasn't until I hit rock bottom that I really turned to the Lord. Have you ever heard people say that? I was at rock bottom. You want to know what the rock is? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10.4 that Jesus is the rock. When you hit rock bottom, you hit exactly where God wants you to be. And Jesus says the one that falls on top of the rock is broken. The one that the rock falls on top of is crushed. Do you want to be broken or crushed? You want to be broken. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good question. Okay, so here it is. Our dear sister confirmed it. Does anybody else have the reading of Egypt for Rahab? Anybody else? Okay, we've got one, two, three. The Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, so the truth has been established. Verse 10 says in Psalm 89, Thou hast broken Rahab, another name for? Egypt in pieces as one that is slain thou hast scattered thine enemies with thy strong arm we're going to verse 10 is where we're going now go with me to Isaiah 59 or 51 Isaiah 51 so you're turning to the right Psalms Proverbs Ecclesiastes Song of Solomon is in there somewhere and we're going to Isaiah Isaiah 51 verse 9 through to 11 and I've got to see what time it is need a clock when do I get to go to? 9.45? 8.45. What is that? Okay, 9.45. All right, here we are. Isaiah, Isaiah 51, verse 9 says. Isaiah 51 and verse 9. Awake, awake, Put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the ancient days, in the generations of old. Art thou not it that hath cut, what? Rahab. Rahab, Rahab is a, another word for what kingdom? Egypt. 
Egypt. And then, dear brother, look what it says here. And wounded the what? The dragon. God wounds the dragon, delivers his people out of bondage. And the, the New Testament authors say the same thing. Dear heart, salvation for us has already taken place. All you have to do is accept it. And when you let Jesus come into your heart, be willing to let Jesus make changes in you. The Bible goes on to say, verse 10, Art thou not it which hath dried the sea? the waters of the great deep that hath made the depths of the sea a way for the ransom to pass over. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord, come on, shall return. That's too high, isn't it? And come with singing unto. Okay, maybe we do better to read it together. Shall we read it? So this is what the Bible has just said. It said that God slew the... What does it say there in verse 9? Art thou not it that hath cut Rahab and wounded the dragon? You dried the sea. You made a way for the ransom to pass over, the saved to go to a promised land. Verse 11, read with me since the singing didn't work very well. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto what? Zion. And everlasting joy shall be upon their what? Heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall what? Dear heart, accept Christ as your Savior and this is your verse. I'm excited. Do we realize what God has done for us already? Already He has delivered us from the dragon. Already He has given us the controller of our lives. We control our lives. He has given that steering wheel into our hands and God is asking you to steer in the direction that you want to go. My prayer is that you will steer in the direction of God. Because that's, even though you are walking in the depths of the sea, you can still experience His salvation at that time. Does this make sense? All right, praise Jesus. Let's go now to our salvation being tied to the slain of the dragon. We've seen that over there. You know it intellectually in your minds because you've been studying the Bible for years and you, Daniel and Revelation are hot books in the Adventist church. Our salvation is tied to the slain of the dragon. Isaiah 26. So you're going to go uh, a few chapters to the left from where you are. Isaiah 26, verse 19 to 21. Isaiah 26, verse 19. It says here, Isaiah 26, 19, and you will see the context. You will see the context simply by what takes place in these verses. Verse 19 of Isaiah 26 says, Thy dead men shall live, together with my dead body shall they arise. What is this talking about? It's talking about a resurrection. That's right, sister. It's talking about the resurrection. It says, Awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust. How many of you have lost someone to the... To the um, the depths of the grave. Yeah. That's hard, isn't it? My grandmother, my grandmother has, that's where I got my red hair from. It's not, it's not so red anymore. It's turning gray on the sides. Um, my grandmother 
was buried in Alabama. How many of you have been to Alabama? You ever dug in the dirt in Alabama? It's red clay. For the most part, it's red clay. So my grandmother with red hair is buried in the red clay in Montgomery, Alabama. And on resurrection morning, my grandmother, I can just see her now. She's just going to come out of that grave and all that red mud's going to fly out this way. All the red mud's going to fly out that way. On resurrection morning, this is what the context of this passage. Are you with me? All right. Now it goes on to say here, what verse was I in? 19 of 26, right? Thy dead men shall live together. With my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust. For thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Verse 20, come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. Now, dear heart, the indignation is describing the wrath of God. The wrath of God is poured out in the seven last plagues before Jesus comes. And so here the, the, the author of Isaiah, or Isaiah is simply saying, hide me in the grave until the plagues are over. That's what he's saying. Job says the same, same thing in Job 14, 10 through 14. He says the exact same thing. Hide me in the grave until your wrath is past. I just love studying the Bible. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust. Verse 20, come my people, enter thou into thy chambers. It goes on to say at the end, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. Verse 21 says, for behold... The Lord, now, now what's the context of what we just read? What's the context? It's the resurrection which takes place at what event? The second coming of Jesus. And so that's the context of what we have just read. And then in verse 21 it says, For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Now we're going to chapter 27, verse 1. And if you don't have a PDA and you have the regular Bible, it just reads normal. You don't have to flip anywhere. In that day, the Lord... What day is it talking about? In that day. What does that describe? That's the second coming. That's the resurrection of the righteous. In that day, the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish who? The dragon. Leviathan. The piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the what? The dragon that is where? Just like in the Old Testament, at the second coming of Jesus, you and I are delivered from the dragon that is in the sea. Were the children of Israel delivered from Egypt? Will you be delivered from the Egypt of your life? You get to decide the answer. God has made it possible, God has made it probable. God has taken the impossible and made it possible. What is it? Matthew 26, 19. For with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. What does it say in Philippians 4, 13? You know this. I can do all things through what? Christ that gives me what? And if we're using Christ's strength, can we destroy the dragon in our lives? Absolutely. Absolutely. Our salvation is tied to the slaying of the dragon at the end of time. And now we're going to get to what you and I are very familiar with. Deliverance from the dragon. 
deliverance from the dragon. We are in Revelation chapter 12 now, Revelation the 12th chapter, and it looks like I may have just a little bit of extra time. I've got 25 minutes left, is that right? 25 minutes, okay. So we are going to do some very cool things. You know, we have always been told things like the reason that God did not destroy Satan was because God's character was on trial. Have you ever heard things like that? And do you know that there are people that are leaving the Adventist church because they don't feel that they can find in Scripture evidence for God's character being on trial? And I'm going to show you where that evidence is because I loathe people leaving the Seventh-day Adventist church because there is no place on the face of this planet that you will find truth as you find it in the Seventh-day Adventist church. Dear heart, you may think that your church is too strict. You may think it's too liberal. You may think the pastor's too old. You may think he doesn't have enough experience. The fact of the matter is, God is leading this church. You may have issues with what different divisions are saying about women's ordination, but I'll tell you, dear heart, God is leading this church. Did God lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? Did the children of Israel uh, go through times of apostasy? Please do not misunderstand. I'm not saying the Seventh-day Adventist church is in apostasy. Some of you will go out of here and quote me as saying that, but I've just cleared it up for the recording. So it's on the recording. Where were we at? What was I saying? Deliverance. Let's be delivered. How about it? Let's go to Revelation chapter 12 now. Revelation chapter 12. So people are saying, this is where I was. I just caught up with myself. People are saying that they cannot prove that God's character was attacked. And I'm going to show you something very cool. You have heard in the Bible that one-third of the angels fell from heaven, right? Now, you know where to find this. Is this true? Okay, where do we find this? Revelation 12. Very good, Tanya. Very good. Did I get it right? Smith? Did I pronounce Smith right? Okay. All right. I didn't know Smythe. Could have been Smythe. There was just no E on the end. All right. Revelation chapter 12. Look at this. Revelation chapter 12, verse 4. This is not on the screen. This is just extra. We're not charging you for it. All right. Uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 4 says, And his tail... Whoa, we've got to back up. Let's go to verse 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red what? That's who you and I need to be delivered from, by the way. A great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail. Whose tail? The dragon's tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. The third part of the what? Stars. What are stars symbolic of in Bible prophecy? Prove it with a verse. Sisters on the right track. Dear heart, understand this. The reason that church is boring for us is because you and I are not studying the very book that church is based on. You don't get anything out of your college classes? That's probably because you didn't read the textbook before you went to class. We cannot cram on Friday night for the test on Sabbath morning to see whether or not we studied our Bibles and spent time with God. We cannot do that. God is not a cram me in God. God is a let me gently persuade you in your lives to follow me, God. Sister, you've got the answer. The stars are symbolic of, of what? Angels in Revelation 1.20, it says, And the seven stars thou sawest in my right hand are the angels of the seven churches. Is that what it says? So the stars are symbolic of what? Angels. So the Bible says here in Revelation chapter 12, verse 4, and his tail, whose tail are we talking about? 
The dragon's tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and they were cast to the earth. So what does it mean that he used his tail? I mean, do you picture in your mind this great red dragon? And all of the third of the angels? You don't picture that, do you? Maybe you do. Maybe you do picture that. I mean, I just pictured it for mercy's sake. I was quite amazed that I'm still standing. Keep your finger here in Revelation 12 because that's where we're coming back to. I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 15. I want you to see how the devil used his tail to deceive a third part of the angels in heaven and got them to follow him out of heaven. We've got this idea in our minds that there was this shing, 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 shing war in heaven. That word for war in Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 is polemos. You and I get our word for politics from that word. There was a political debate in heaven, and that political debate was over this. You're in Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 15. The word of God says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 15, The ancient and honorable, he is the head. And the prophet that teaches lies... He is the tail. So what was it that Satan was doing in heaven? He was spreading lies about the one whose position he wanted to be in. Go with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter, maybe chapter 1, but when I get there we'll figure that out with, with you. Chapter 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. It says, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Are you there? Say yes. yes. If you're not, say wait for me. I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. 2 Thessalonians, it's in the T section. That's in the New Testament. If you have an English Bible, the T section of the New Testament is in alphabetical order. You ever get to the T section and wonder which direction to turn? Now you know it's in alphabetical order in the English Bible. I don't know about other languages because, you know, they say if you speak three languages, Tondo, you're trilingual. If you speak two languages, you are bilingual. If you speak one language, you're American. <laughs> I am American. Here we are, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. It says, let no man deceive you. Are you, are you there now, brother? 2 Thessalonians chapter, you're lying to me or you're there? Okay, okay you're there. You, you were like flipping the pages and shaking your head. All right, here we are, 2 Thessalonians 2, 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. What day? Verse 1 says the day of Jesus Christ. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Verse 4. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is what? So when Satan was in heaven telling lies, who was he telling lies about? God. He was attacking the very character of God Himself. This is why you and I as Seventh-day Adventists teach that the character of God is on trial. And dear heart, the character of God is on trial in every one of our lives. You remember the story of Job. There's this meeting of all of these sons of God and here along comes this imposter, usurper of the, the throne of the earth. And he says... Uh, God, God looks at him, and it's almost like God is bragging. Have you considered my servant Job? Have you ever wanted God to brag on you? 
Have you ever wished that God would talk about you in heaven? Oh, come on now. Not after you just said that, I don't. Do you wish God would talk about you in heaven? Of course you do. Or maybe you don't. God just says, Satan, you're wrong. And the reason you're wrong is because I've got a Job down there. And Job is faithful to me. And then God allows Job to go through an Egypt-like experience where he loses everything. He goes into it prosperous. And he comes out of it twice as prosperous. Twice as prosperous. That's pretty cool. You should do some research. You know, Job got twice of everything except children here on this earth. Do you know why he didn't get twice as many children? He literally got double of everything. Why didn't he get twice as many children? Because at the resurrection, how many children would Job have? Twice as many. Very cool. Here we are, back in Revelation chapter 12. Now we're back on track. I just had to, had to show you why we teach that God's character is on trial. Satan was telling lies about the character of God. And a third of the angels believed his lies. Oh, there's so much that we could study here. The Bible says in Revelation 12, 7, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the who? Against the what? <laughs> Michael and his angels fought against the what? Who are the children of Israel delivered from over here? The dragon. Who is it that you and I are delivered from over here? This theme goes all through Scripture. Did God deliver the children of Israel over there? Did some of them apostatize and stop being faithful to God after He had saved them? Don't answer out loud, but is this your very own experience? Is this your very own experience? We look at the Bible and we think, man, that's an old book and there's really no application for me. But when you stop to think about what the Bible is saying, every bit of it applies to our lives. You and I are fighting a dragon that is much too powerful for us. Don't think numbers are going to do it because it didn't do it for the children of Israel. It took God bringing them out by a strong and mighty hand and it will take God doing that for you in your life. It's time to dethrone ourselves and to enthrone Christ in us. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. And neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Here you have another line of evidence right in the context of this passage that those stars were symbolic of what? Angels. Going on. That was verse... I keep reading chapter 13. It just doesn't fit yet. Verse 10 says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is what? cast down which accused them which accused them before our God day and night verse 11 goes on to say and they overcame him who's the him they overcame the dragon by the blood of the lamb <laughs> dear heart the children of Israel that didn't put blood on their doorposts if there were no blood on the doorposts what happened 
death. No deliverance. But if the blood was there, there was what? Deliverance. And do you know that the fame of all of that went even across the Red Sea in front of the Israelites? That went everywhere. People knew about that. Notice what the Bible says next. And they overcame him, the dragon, by the blood of the lamb and by the what? And by the word of their testimony. Jesus changes your life. You let Jesus slay the dragon in your life and you have a testimony that no one can refute. Nobody can argue with me and say that I did not meet God in an 18-wheeler going down Interstate 79 in West Virginia. Not one of you can say that because I know it's true. And I can stand up here with all the boldness that this little Alabama boy can muster and tell you that that's what happened in my life. And every day, I experience being with Jesus Christ. How many of you, uh, don't show your hands. Don't look down if you don't. Don't look up if you do. Um, don't give any indication. Do you spend time with God every day? And if you don't, why not? After all, He is the one that saved you from the dragon. He wounds the dragon's head over there. He wounds it over here. And how was the, the wound given to the dragon over here? By the Word of God. Why won't we spend time with Jesus? Verse 11, And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great what? Wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a what? A short time. If the devil has a short time, who else has a short time? We do. Dear heart, why delay? Why wait for another moment to give your life to Jesus Christ? In this battle between God and Satan, there's an obvious loser over here in Egypt. Revelation tells us of an obvious loser at the end of time. Jesus tells us that he usurped the devil's authority. He took back this earth in John chapter 12. I think it's 31 and 32. And I, if I be lifted up, would draw all men unto me. This spake he concerning the death that he was to die. The Bible goes on to say here, Continuing on in Revelation chapter 12, verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. This is not an evangelistic meeting, so we don't have time to go through all the references. But what does the woman represent? It represents the church. It represents God's people. And here you have a dragon that is persecuting God's people. Verse uh, 13, and the dragon, when he saw he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Verse 14, And to the woman were given two wings of an eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness into her place. Have you ever just thought, Lord, if I could just get away from this situation for a moment, I need a wilderness to go to. You ever thought about that? Lord, I just need a little respite. I need a rest. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, 28, Come unto me, all ye that what? What does it say? 
All you that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you what? My friend, you tired of fighting a dragon? It's time to put yourself in contact with the one that has slain the dragon. He slain him. You can't stay in heaven anymore. What, you can't have the earth anymore. And if you will allow him, God will stand up for you and he will say, he can't have Elizabeth anymore either. Looking for name tags, you see. <laughs> She's hiding her name tag. She put it under her scarf. Teasing you, sister. Continuing on here. And to, the woman's were given, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. Verse 15. And the serpent was cast, and the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Verse 16. And the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Verse 17. And the dragon, who's the dragon? Revelation 12, 9, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. Who's the dragon? Satan. And the dragon was wroth with a woman. What does it mean to be wroth? Angry. Have you ever been angry? Really, really, really angry? Me too. And the dragon was wroth with the woman. What is the woman? It is no wonder that you as a Christian have difficulties in your life. It's no wonder, because the dragon knows he's already lost. And somebody that knows that they've already lost, they just start flailing and doing anything they can to try to win. But you will decide whether or not God wins in your life. I wish I could make that decision for you. I wish I could. God wishes that he could. But because he is a God of love and respect, God says to you, you choose. You decide who is going to be the winner in your life. The dragon was wroth with a woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. You know, some people say, I'm so tired of hearing Ellen White this, Ellen White, Ellen White, this, that, and another. So you know what I call it anymore? The testimony of Jesus says, when was the last time you said, I don't want to hear what Jesus has to say? The dragon is wroth with the woman. Go with me now to our next reference, Revelation 13, verse 1 and 2. Revelation 13, verse 1 reads, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the, names of the name of blasphemy. Verse 2, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and his great authority. The dragon over here, Satan, in the time of Egypt, gives to Egypt his power, his seat, his great authority. Authority. At the end of time, the dragon gives unto this beast his power, his seat, or his throne, and the authority that comes from being on that throne. Verse 3, And I saw one of his heads, as it were what? Wounded to death. What was it that God wounded over here? The Savior, the one true God? He wounded the heads of Leviathan. Broke them in pieces. Now go with me to Revelation 19, verse 20. Revelation 19, verse 20. Dear heart, if you and I will just realize it, God has provided the salvation that we all desperately need. 
And some people come to GYC. I've had them come through the school that I was running called Life. They come through Arise. They come through Emmanuel Institute. By the way, I have some flyers unless they have moved them. So if you're interested in going to one of those schools, you can get one of these flyers right here. Where was I at? Revelation 19 verse 20. I was in the middle of saying something, but we better just read because we are running out of time. Revelation 19 verse 20 says, And the beast... Who did the beast get his power, his seat, and great authority from? From the dragon. Who's the dragon? Satan. That is, over here in Egypt, the dragon, or Egypt was symbolic of, I just gave you the answer, of the what? The dragon, or of Satan, or of Leviathan. You're right. You're getting all these answers right. It says in Revelation 19.20, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, which deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that had worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with what? Now, dear heart, have you ever seen a lake of fire? Me either. I only want to see a lake of fire from inside the walls of New Jerusalem. Come on only want to see a lake of fire from that perspective. Because to see it from any other perspective is to be part of the kindling. The Bible says here that the beast and the false prophet were taken and they were cast alive into the lake of the fire. And then it says in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10, Revelation 20 verse 10 says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Go to verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Dear heart, there are two options for us. I was doing a, a Bible study with a young lady. And she said, I, I'm just so mad. I said, what do you matter about? She says, because what you are presenting is only two options. Either I follow God and I go to heaven, or I don't follow God and by default I go to the bad place. She used the word, you understand. She goes to the hot place where the, the lake of fire is. And she says, those are the only two options you're giving me. My friends, those are the only two options available to us. Those are the only two options available for us. We either choose God and we allow Him to deliver us from whatever the dragon throws at us, or by default we choose the dragon and the dragon has his way with us. What do you want? What do you want? I want to choose God. Turn with me to Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel 33 What we are going to do in the next, the following seminars is we are going to lay for you characteristics of God's people and how God's people overcame the dragon in their lives. And this is just the introductory to all of that. Exodus, or not Exodus, Ezekiel 33 and verse 11. Ezekiel 33 verse 11. This is an appeal from God to you. I don't know the condition of your heart. Don't know what it's like at home for you. Don't know what you struggle with at work. But I know the God that can handle all of those situations. And this is his plea to you in Ezekiel 33 verse 11. Say unto them, this is what I'm doing. Just simply obeying. As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked should turn from his way and do what? And live. How many options does God present to us? Two options. 
but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Dear heart, you are at GYC. And the reason that God brought you here is so that you could have a stronger relationship with His Son, Jesus. That's the reason you are here. I praise God for all the friends we get to meet at GYC. But the reason GYC exists is so that you can meet the Savior that delivers you from the dragon. And what characteristics do we see in Scripture in God's people? Those that overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Is it your desire? And again, I don't know the condition of your heart. Just pleading with you on behalf of God in a relationship with His Son, Jesus. Is it your desire for the dragon to be dead in your life? Is it your desire to accept the one true God, Jesus Christ, our Savior, as your deliverer? Not a deliverance that will take place, but a deliverance that has already taken place. Just to accept it and let Him work in you. Is that your desire? If that's your desire, raise your hand for me, would you? Father in heaven, you see our hands. The angel in heaven that records these decisions has marked these decisions by our names in the books of record. We pray, Jesus, that we will continue with this desire to let you slay Leviathan, to wound the head, to break in pieces Rahab, the dragon, that knows he hath but a short time. Thank you for recording this and for laying it on our hearts to make this decision. And Lord, maybe there's one or two in this room that have struggled with this decision and didn't make it yet. We know that your Holy Spirit does not give up. So we thank you, Father, for yelling loudly at us to get our attention. We love you. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, please visit us online at www.gycweb.org.